0: Before we get to today's episode, I want to share a quick message from our sponsor, Content Square. How do you create digital experiences that keep visitors engaged all the way to conversion? By analyzing every click, tap, scroll, and swipe, and turning these insights into profitable actions. Content Square is a digital insights platform that helps businesses understand how and why users are interacting with their app, mobile, and websites. Trusted by leading fashion and luxury retailers worldwide, they have helped hundreds of teams accelerate their reactivity and boost ROI with smart, instant UX insights. Learn more at contentsquare.com. Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy, and today's guest is Rosemarie Swift, the founder and CEO of RMS Beauty. In this episode, Rosemarie discusses how her career as a makeup artist led her to the world of organic cosmetics, how big beauty brands are brainwashing customers, and why she doesn't plan on selling RMS Beauty anytime soon. Hope you enjoy the episode. Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have Rosemary Swift, the founder and CEO of RMS Beauty. Welcome, Rosemary. Hi, how are you? Thank good. you so much. Good, good. Rosemary, tell us when you first started your career, you started as a makeup artist. Yes. What was your background in beauty? Were you a beauty junkie? Were you obsessed? What led you there?
1: Oh my God, a beauty junkie. We didn't, well, you know what? I'm going to be honest, we didn't really have those back in my day. You know, we looked at books of old movie stars, and I used to go, wow. And I started, you know, I I never wanted to be a makeup artist. It just kind of fell in my lap. I um. Yeah, I just you know, I was always brought. I was brought up in a very clean household, clean, healthy food. So that's where you know the whole. Thing about having you know really healthy ingredients on your face as well as in your mouth became very prominent in in my upbringing. But it's funny because I never wanted to be a makeup artist; it just kind of fell in my hands. And my mom actually was a um, a wedding gown designer, so I started out actually sewing clothes. I can tailor, I can sew like you've never seen, but I don't tell anybody because people used to always ask me to make their clothes for them to repair their their seams or their hems of their pants and things like that. But um, the beauty thing kind of came in later in my life. I was uh, actually a singer, and I was in a punk band. And my sister uh, worked for; she wanted to become an esthetician, and she knew a guy in Vancouver, Canada, because I'm Canadian. And he owned a whole bunch of hotels. And in the hotels, they had like clubs, but they were like more like burlesque. You have to remember, this is the '70s. And uh, and you know, he said to my sister, "Will you help us?" you know, make the girls have nicer skin, like teach them, educate them on what they're putting on their faces and all that. And my sister knew I did a little bit of modeling, if you want to call it that, back in the day. But I was always really good at doing my makeup. And so she she said, why don't you do their makeup and I'll, you know, teach them how to do their skin. And before I knew it, I was going around to all these clubs and doing all the girls. But it wasn't like it is nowadays. These these girls did actual burlesque shows. You weren't allowed to show everything. So I just want to, you know, make this straight. that I'm not, you know, coming from a... You know, a nasty version of that era. But it was it was actually really, really quite cool. And so I would do different kinds of looks on their faces. If I had to, I'd put, you know, she'd dress up like a cop and I'd put stubble, like beard stubble all over her face. So I was doing all these really interesting things. And then um, uh, I I was going around to all these clubs where the girls are working and I found a label-free company. and uh, <laughs> And I would buy these little... They looked like the little Mac pots back in the day. And I would buy them for like 80 cents and I'd sell them to all the girls for like, you know, five, six dollars. And then uh, one one day the company that had the label Free Cosmetics asked if I would take over and do a photo shoot of a very famous model that would come to Vancouver. And... Um, and she was doing the cover of the Vancouver magazine. They said, the guy that, you know, the makeup artist that we use here in Vancouver is not available. Will you do it? And I go, sure, why not? I'll do it. You know, I didn't know what I was getting into. And so I show up. And there's this really famous model. And I did her makeup. And I had a picture come out in the Vancouver magazine cover. And before I knew it, I was starting to do makeup. So it kind of fell in my lap. It was not something like, oh, my God, I want to be a makeup artist. I wanted, you know, I used to look at all the old movie star books and go, oh, my God, I want to be Marlena Dietrich. Oh, my God, I want to even be Feta Barra, you know going back into real craziness for how how they looked back in those days in the 20s. But um, yeah, I just, before I knew it, I started getting all these jobs for the magazines. And here I am as a makeup artist. So no, I never really was in tune to to, uh, really wanting to be a makeup artist at all. It just kind of happened. You know, I loved beauty, of course.
0: Rosemary, tell us a little bit about that kind of part of your career, you know, being a makeup artist, being, you know, very editorially focused, doing these really high creative looks. What was that like?
1: Well, you know, I kind of traveled around for a while. I went to Germany. I was down in Miami. I became a little catalog queen down there. And um, I, I was kind of lucky down there because I lucked out in a few big jobs, like, you know, cover a couple covers for uh, English Vogue because if a big makeup artist that was coming with one of the big photographers didn't make the flight or something, there weren't really and there wasn't really anybody down there to book. You know, it wasn't known for having good makeup artists down there, and I kind of lucked out, and I got a lot of really big jobs. I remember back in the day working with Yasmin Gurry like crazy down there, and I got along with her so well. And she, you know, she was, you know, Yasmin Guri, right? Of course. Oh my God, she's like one of my favorite models still to this day. I loved her. So um I just kept. I just. I was just doing my thing, you know. I didn't know I was a makeup artist. I was just like, yeah. I just made some money. Let's go party, you know, <laughs> and um, so. Before I knew it, I thought, oh, God, now I've done everything in Miami. I did everything there was to do when I was hanging around Germany. I ended up in London and in Paris, too, back in the day. And I, I just was—I'm I'm kind of a, a, a traveler. So I ended up in New York, and I thought, oh, man, now what am I going to do? Now I'm in, like, in the big scene. And I got into a really big agency called Streeters. And before I knew it, I'm working with all these really big guys. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell have I got myself into? And, um, you know, I always took it really as just as fun. It's just, it was a catalyst for for I don't even know for what. I was just doing my thing. And then now I was in New York and working with these big guys. I really had to start paying attention.
0: So what did that mean when you started having to pay attention?
1: Well, I was working with really famous people. I couldn't be fooling around anymore. I had to really think about what it was I was really doing. You know, I just was always going with my intuition. Yeah, I was. I'm really intuition-focused on everything I do, including with my brand. And so... I would just come to these jobs and I would be nervous as hell. Am I allowed to say that word? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> you can edit it out later. Um, I, I yeah, I, I used to get very very nervous, and um, I just always pulled it off. I was very very lucky. And then you know, as 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 time went on, I started having issues with my health and just you know rashes on my hands and my lips burning from lipsticks, and I just ended up looking into what was really seriously in cosmetics.
0: Was that surprising to you? When you founded um, RMS, it was 2009, right? Yeah. So when you had this huge career, very editorially focused with yes. huge people, when you started looking at those ingredients, was it surprising, shocking?
1: Oh, nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me what's, what, what's being, you know, sold as a product or a food ish, you know, a food item Um it's kind of sad is what it really is. Surprising me? No, it doesn't surprise me at all because it's all about money. But when I did start looking at what, what surprised me was brands that were pre- pretending that they were green. That is what shocked me. I said, you've got to be kidding. You have one oil in here that's certified organic. And the rest is all garbage. And that is what surprised me the most. I just – just the the, the blatantly – false greenwashing that was being done back then. This is 10 years ago. Over 10 years ago, because I started even earlier making my products before it actually launched on into the public. Um, but my shocker was basically that, you know, I, I knew what the big industry was doing, what they do. They've been doing it for years. They've got everybody brainwashed to the degree they want them to be brainwashed. But my, I was looking at it in, in further in the future. I was looking at green ingredients, healthy ingredients. I'm also a food foodie. I'm like addicted to, 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 to what happens to food and how they grow it, how it's processed, what's been sprayed on it. And that all started just blending in with the whole idea of cosmetics too. I said, man, we're putting this on our skin, you know, it's in our, on our lips. And I just kept being a maniac from there. <laughs>
0: When you started RMS Beauty, did you think of it as a business opportunity, that there was this white space in the market, or did you really just think about that you no, could
1: make products I didn't better? Think, I didn't think of it at all as a business opportunity. I'm not kind of, I'm an aquarium. We're not really focused in that realm. You know, yeah, it's nice to have some money. Oh man, I just made a good good hunk of money on that job, but it, it's, not our, it's not our driving force. Aquarians are future thinkers. We care about more what's happening in the future and the humanitarian, you know, the humanitarian uh, efforts that that we put into to the world and the energy of what's going on, and um, I just wanted to do a brand that 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 was cleaner for all these girls. I looked at the girls as my little babies. I never had kids, so they were my girls. You know, I looked at them as all as my daughters, and you know when I see the food being served at a photo shoot, it was just crap. And I'm going, these girls are models. You want these girls to have beautiful skin and flat tummies, and you're putting out food that is absolute crap. And we're putting makeup on them that's filled with debatable chemicals that are effect. You know, you know, full of xenoestrogens and and, and, and chemicals and heavy metals and. You know, everybody knows that a lot of these minerals have lead in it and who knows what other minerals are, or I'm sorry, heavy metals. So it started to concern me more on that level rather than just the money aspect. You know, yeah, I remember one somebody saying to me, he goes, Yo, so what's been going on? I said, I'm working on an organic color cosmetic brand. And he just looked at me, he said, Who the hell's gonna buy an organic color cosmetic brand? And I sat there and I thought, I don't know, but I hope somebody will, because I'm really trying to help people here. Like I'm like trying to put out something cleaner and healthier.
0: What was that initial response in 2009, when you came to people and brought this product to market? What did people think?
1: Um, some people were intrigued. Some people I could see just rolling their eyeballs. Um, it was actually what was really sad is I spent probably the first two years crying when I went around to the, to the magazines, because there was a wall up. Like, I'd come along all of a sudden, who's this little stupid makeup artist thing she is telling, you know, talking about cosmetics and what's in it and that. Like, you know, you know people say, where's your doctor's degree? Where's your scientific degree? It's like, you don't need that to have common sense and logic. People need to really get over that. And, um, and, and also, when there's a money issue and a profit issue, you know, they right away will write off, you know, your, your scientific community right away can be, be easily swayed into a profit issue. Uh, energy system where oh yeah well it's not really that bad or they'll just kind of blindly close their eyes. You know what's going on. I don't need to get into all that. I get so heavy on this sometimes. But um I just wanted everybody to have a cleaner cosmetic brand. And and yes I did cry when I first went around. I felt a wall. But that has changed big time.
0: Tell big us big
1: time. I am so happy because now when I go around to people I feel an understanding. I feel like a connection with people now. I feel like people are looking at me completely different. Yes, I'm not a scientist, but let me tell you something. Because of what I'm doing, the big guys, the big scientists are calling me and I'm getting so much information from labs and chemists that work for some of these huge companies. I can't say a lot of it, but let me tell you, when I can, I do I do put it out there. This is no longer just the crazy makeup artist talking anymore. I'm getting information from the big guys, what's going on in the industry. And, and we're not alone on, this they they are there and they do understand what's going on too you know we're having new products made by some really big chemists from brands
0: absolutely yeah so this is great it's a big year for you guys in terms of product innovation yes tell us a little bit about how you kind of come up with these ideas for your products you know one of your cult products is that little pot that little tint in the lipstick that can be used as a cheek and a, a highlighter and a blush and a lipstick i said that a million times but um you know it, it brought together not only that it was a clean, it was it was organic, it was color, but it was also functional, and it yes. was the way that women used products. Yes, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that
1: that goes back into my old movie star days, like not my old movie star days, but looking at the magazines, seeing all the movie stars. Is because it was very popular to have a little glass pot with a little metal lid, and it was basically called a rouge. And that's why I wanted that same kind of feel. I didn't want – I kept getting sent plastic packaging. Like why would I put this healing natural product into plastic? It doesn't make sense to me. So I got that – the the idea basically for, you know, these little glass pots of rouge and they started to take off. My other, My biggest hit was actually my luminizers because I'm putting a glow – well, that actually came from doing Victoria's Secret because there's one thing that used to really bother me about that is that those girls have such – well, they're freaks of nature. They're absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Even their armpits are gorgeous in their feet. Uh, well, <laughs> except for a couple that were ballerinas. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, I just wanted the skin to have a glow without looking like a like a robot, you know? Everything's too over the top. And that's why I became very well-known for my luminizers because they were just that subtle, lit-from-within, light reflective glow that had that luminosity. They didn't have the glitter particles. It didn't look tacky and cheap. And it went over really, really well. And so the more I was working with the models and the more I was developing, you know, ingredients that would make their skin look like skin that was on their body, because what? A lot of times I would see the pictures and their face always looked like it was coming from another section of something else rather than what the same skin, the way it looked on their bodies in the pictures. And so, you know, I came up with my uncover ups and I called it uncover up because it didn't cover up everything and turn it into a mask. And um, uh it just basically took off from there. And my whole philosophy is always to have that clean element of beauty to the skin. Put on all the eyeshadow you want and mascara and big squirt off eyebrows if you want and lips, but always keep your skin beautiful. Skin is so sensual and sexual and we're covering up way too much with too much crap. You know, so yeah, so my little philosophy started branching out and people started listening and More and more models were talking about it without me having to pay them a gazillion dollars to promote me. (laughs) So things started opening up and, and, you know, the doors started opening and and, um, things changed.
0: We'll be right back. Want to know the ROI of that new product banner on your homepage? Looking to find out why a recently launched social campaign is not generating the expected revenue? And wouldn't it be great if you could show creative branding and even executive teams the impact of a new product video or seasonal campaign in just one click? You can. ContentSquare is a digital insights platform that helps businesses understand how and why users are interacting with their app, mobile, and websites. They compute billions of touch and mass movements and provide brands with everything they need to create memorable, converting digital experiences. Find out more at contentsquare.com. You are so ahead of so many trends, you know, this no makeup makeup trend that we're seeing so much now, this wellness trend that is totally infiltrated beauty. How do you feel now that it's becoming so much more crowded as more players come to the space that are trying to do what you do?
1: Well, I, I think it's really great that there's a lot of acknowledgement being given to this area, but the problem is there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon putting up uh, what or putting out what I call or what the industry calls private label cosmetics. And you know they're 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 taking a simple product and mentally manipulating into it into a fabulous name or something to to make it seem like it's some brand new invention. And I think people are you need to get a little smart and realize, hey, it's still a normal. Beauty product that has just been manipulated into some fancy name and made it all like ooh ah ooh ah, but basically, um, advertising is taking over. Like glorified advertising is kind of taking over the fact on a lot of things, and it's, it's making it more entertainment than it is actually a proper beauty product.
0: Do you think that the customer knows that, or the customer is getting smarter about that?
1: The, well, it depends what customer. What oh, about your customer? My customer, my customer, I regard. Well, of course, I'm going to say this. I regard my customers as not just that they're smarter, I think they're they're just a little more educated on what's really going on in the cosmetic industry and they want cleaner products. you know, my customers having babies, they're, they 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 want to you know breastfeed. you know why are we putting all this this chemical stuff in that we know you know transfers through the body and and is able to to you know go through the umbilical cord into the child. So let's clean up our act, guys. It's what Common is- sense.
0: Why do you think there are still so few clean or organic color cosmetics lines? There's a lot more happening in skincare in this space. Yes, But why is color still kind of the last frontier? Well, you know
1: what? Actually, that makes me really sad because I think these people are really cleaning up and and buying really healthy skincare, but then they're still putting the toxic chemicals on top, which I don't get that. I don't like to use the word toxic. I kind of should erase that. Um, You can leave it in if you want. I don't mind because it it does have some very strong momentum that's for sure um, I would rather just say nasty um, I think people are people want to be cleaner and I think you know that my, my, my consumer is actually a little more educated on what's going on in cosmetics a lot of these young kids are still going ooh ah ooh ah because they see 10 million pounds of makeup being piled onto somebody through with an app on it that's making their skin look like it's not there if you saw those people in real life man it's like smack the back of their head their whole face will fall onto the floor you know, it is not a nice visual in real life. But unfortunately, they're, they're being given a visual that, that they think is is uh it's it's transferable into reality. It's not at all. And that's what I'm talking about. The entertainment factor.
0: You How do know? you feel about Instagram and social media?
1: Um, well, I, I, hey, I think it's great. I'm addicted to mine. What can I say? And I'm older and I'm addicted to mine. Um, but I think it does have its 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 drawbacks and. Because, you know, we all we all want to live in a fantasy world. We all want to think that, that we're capable of having that. But in reality, no, we're not able to all be sitting there in a private jet. I'm sorry to break the news to you kids. You know, we're not all able to be super mega rich rock stars. You don't have a good voice. You know, I'm sorry, but you're not, you know, I hope you fall in love one day. I really do. But there's a, a world out there that is making it is a, a nun. Not, in, not not unacceptable. None none viable, you know, in everybody's life, and so I think a little bit of reality check needs to, to 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 be found with some of the young people. I feel sorry for them actually.
0: How do you think that happens in beauty? How do you think your brand is changing that?
1: Well, my brand's about making your skin the way your skin looks. My brand is about putting on makeup. Just enhance your best feature. Don't try to have a feature like this person's lips that have been injected with 10 million synthetic chemicals that are going to screw up later when you're older. I'm sorry, but it will. You know, accept the fact that you may not have the best-looking big lips but except the fact that you maybe have the most outrageously gorgeous eyelashes play on that don't try to make something you're not into or don't make yourself into something that you're not and because it's 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 not doing a favor for you it's not doing a favor for your soul and for for how you feel it's a temporary little fix
0: rosemary talk to us a little bit about your retailers you know RMS Beauty is found in 1,600 retail doors, if that's correct. I yeah, think that something
1: looks- like that. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm not paying attention to that aspect of it. <laughs> Do you remember who the
0: first person who picked
1: up your line was? I went to I, I one of the one of the other biggest stores that really helped us was called Colette in Paris. You guys all know that. It's not there anymore, unfortunately. But I remember I was in, in Paris doing French Vogue. And um, I went into the store and I said, hey, I'm a makeup artist from New York. I have a little organic makeup line. I'm here doing French Vogue. Vogue name drop, name drop, name drop. You have to. I'm going to be honest. If, you, if I said you didn't, you have to name drop. And uh, anyway, they ordered the next day. So we were in Colette. And so from there, they go, well, where are you, where are you selling? i go, Colette in Paris. And it just opened doors. If we hadn't got that, who knows? Well, we're selling a little store in L.A., a little store in East Village. <laughs> you know, probably would have been a different story. You know, but I was in, you know, doing French Vogue. And I was, you know, working with a big photographer at that time. And, and, you know, I was in Colette. And next day, I kid you not, the next day they ordered. And it was in Colette. And that just opened all the doors for us. But. Done deal.
0: How do you think these retailers, besides Colette, now that it's no longer with us or it's closed, how are these retailers kind of being advocates for your brand and being the your voice when you're not there physically?
1: Well, i, I have a I have this really weird thing where I have to do all the trainings. I just don't trust anybody to talk the way I, or to speak the way I speak and to make it funny, make it entertaining, but yet really do the beauty lobotomy on on what people have been, you know led to believe. So I, I I get very thorough on my education, plus I make it funny. I don't go, oh, and this has lavender in it, it smells really pretty, it makes your skin really soft. Hell with that shit, man. I'm like I'm stalking it to people and I you know, I pick up my, my coconut oil, and I said, hey, cosmetic ingredients are like the cocaine industry. You got your shitty street cocaine, you got your movie star cocaine. Simple as that. There's it's not all one size fits all. And so I get the attention of the staff. I get like what i call a beauty lobotomy into their head to say look this is what's happening here here it is and it it makes them very um excited about what they're selling that they're selling something new something that's you know waking up the industry and changing the industry a bit and like i said i want to make it fun but i have to train all the new stores it's just it's there's nobody that can train like me and i will continue to do that so the stores are great and they know the stuff they know how to work the products they see me i come in like when i'm in different cities i'll go to see all the stores it's kind of fun for me. I have a hard time going to a city to just go and walk around and just go on a holiday. I have to know that there's a story there that I can go in and go, hey, it's me. Okay, now what's going on? You guys guess what I heard? You know, it's always a little bit of gossip, a little something to keep them all excited. It's
0: fun. Rosemary, tell me a little bit about your website, because I hear that that's going through a revamp yes. sometime this year yes. in 2019. What can we expect and what kind of education, how-tos, tutorials from your own site? Okay, so, okay, the tutorial thing, you know, I need to do more of those.
1: Sometimes I think, yeah, people don't want to see some old lady up there talking about makeup. And then other times I go, yeah, I know a lot. But, you know, at the same time, they always are bugging me. Oh, we need more tutorials. We need more tutorials. I am going to do more, definitely, and I'm going to get my word in there, my my big mouth in there. But um, (laughs) uh, the website's going to be really nice, we think. We just wanted to do a little bit more interactive. I'm not really good at talking about websites because I'm not the t- technological person here. But it's it's going to be nice. It's going to just be a little bit more modern, a little bit more user-friendly, and a little bit more interesting for people to go on there and look at pictures and colors. And, you know, we're having a lot of stuff reshot. We have some videos coming out. Not so much always the tutorials. Like I said, those are what I'm kind of weak at, at, you know, being motivated to do. Um, I'd rather do it in, in real life. But it's going to be good because you really have to go into the, uh, uh, into you know, you have to do a lot of your sales through the, through the websites.
0: Are we going to see more of you yourself? You know, a lot of these founders today are kind of the draw, the attention, the celebrity, whether it's Kylie, whether it's Rihanna. What about you? Are we going to see more of you? Well, again, that
1: gets into that little subject about, yeah, do people really want to see an older woman go on? To what I when I do and what I talk about, yes and no. Sometimes I feel that if I had big fake boobs and big lip, fake lips, then I would be like really like center of attention everywhere. <laughs> I'm just joking, <laughs> but I, I sometimes think you know. It'd be a little more advantageous for me. It'd be a little easier if I was a little bit younger, you know, so I could gladly put my face in there. But sometimes I just don't want to put my face in the picture. You know, I'd rather just talk and educate the person. And, you know, I have my hand in there. My hands look fine still. You know, I don't mind. But that's just one of my little weird things that I feel uncomfortable with sometimes. But, um, yeah, I'll probably do more because everybody's forcing me to.
0: People are so calculated right now about being a founder or having a founder story. You know, yeah. there's a billion, you know, business school grads who have an idea in between their first and second year of business school. And then they came to market. What is it like for you? You know, you're, you're, your road was so circuitous, as you're saying right now. What, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to find their way in beauty?
1: Oh, the, the biggest advice, know what the hell you're talking about. Just slapping your name on because you think you're fabulous looking, and 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 selling it out to you know out to people like crazy out there, you got to know what you're doing if you really want to have credibility. I'm not talking about you know the the Kendall Jenner's. You know it's a whole different thing there. I'm talking about the normal little girl that wants to come out with a beauty brand know what you're talking about because the labs aren't all honest too i've had a friend actually almost a little bit younger than me she came up with a brand and she emailed me and she said oh do you want to try my brand it's all organic and i go what are you talking about i said your brand's not organic at all she goes the lab said it's all organic oh honey there's not one organic ingredient in your brand because they don't know they get some fancy packaging. They put, they slap their name on it. They think they have it made. You really, nowadays, you have to know what you're talking about because you will get caught. You will big time get caught. It may work for a little while, and you'll make, you'll be one of the lucky people that made it big. But most of you guys, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get eaten up alive because there's just too many people out there right now. And a lot of them do know what they're doing. But the labs, they will lead you along. They will say, oh, no, this is really good for you. And if you don't know, you can't question them. I beat the hell out of my labs when we talk about ingredients. You know, what's the origin of that? Yeah, well, we know it's from that. Is that GMO? You know, they, they just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, so a lot of these kids don't even know the particle size of, of, of let's say, a mineral color they're putting in. You say, what's the micron size of your, your, your color in there? They have no clue. What kind of vitamin E is it? Is it synthetic vitamin E? Is it GMO? Is it sunflower-based? Is it, you know, they don't know. So if you're going to put out a product, a beauty product, you know, just make sure because you're just going to get have so much more credibility when you're talking about. Because right now, brands are getting busted left, right and center. There's a lot of people that are kind of fed up and they're starting to ask the big brands. And I'm a label reader. I, I, I see the big brands changing things. I see, I'm not going to name names, but I saw one the other day saying beeswax. And I'm like, wow, beeswax. And I keep looking at the thing, put my glasses on in brackets beside it synthetic. What the hell is synthetic beeswax? So, you know, I see parapins slowly coming off a lot of the big brands. You don't see them on there anymore. You're seeing other other things that, you know, that are that can be just as questionable, but people haven't got to that product or that ingredient yet. So, knowing your stuff is is really going to help if you're going to if you're going to do something.
0: There's still a lot of greenwashing going on, as Cons- well as um, this kind of policing that we're seeing on social media, and yeah. brands get busted by the SD laundries of the world, and all of that. <laughs> um, but how do you kind of balance both? You know, do you think people are still, Do you think the customer is smarter? Do you think the customer is being is policing more? I think the
1: customer is getting smarter, but I think some people are policing just because they can, and they think it's funny. It's a tribe for them. Let's get into the policing tribe. Let's get into the green industry tribe. So, I think there's a lot of that going on. So, and I, I think a lot of, you know. It's a way for somebody to speak up and say something mean without having to show their faces.
0: <laughs> Rosemary, would you ever open a store? Would you? A lot of other brands right now are really dabbling in what they their retail strategy, whether it's opening stores, whether it's direct to consumer on their own websites, whether it's opening in Sephora or launching in Sephora. What What do you think the path is for you guys and going nah, forward? I think I think ah, I I will never open a store. I'll be very
1: surprised if I open a store. For one thing, it's too much work. Um, there's too much out there already. Like, where do you start? And besides, I don't have enough. I'd have to have, like, a little corner and <laughs> near a fire hydrant with my little—I'm <laughs> <my laughs> just joking, guys. i just making it funny. Uh, no, I, I I don't know if I'd find a store small enough to stock <laughs> my things. I'm just not big enough. And what I would have to do, in all honesty, I, I tend to create all my products step by step. I don't go in and find just some label-free company or a private label company where I slap my, my picture of my famous face on there and say it's an RMS beauty product. This is beauty oil. This is a toner. This is a, you know, and all of a sudden I got a store. I run with shit like that, man. It's like they don't care. It's about money. You get all these investors in. They're just pocketing the money. Yay. Ka-ching. Sell it off in two years. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Boom. Done. Would you ever sell? Um... I don't know. You know what, I'm kind of having fun doing what I'm doing. I'd kind of like to see what's going to happen. If I sell now, I'm not going to really see what's going to happen because I'm kind of at the forefront of a lot of this. I'm kind of like, you know, the first one to really speak up and 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 mouth off. And, and I always want to see what's going to happen. I'm curious.
0: But I imagine you get offers all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 After a decade in business, where do you think the next, fa- what's the next thing for you? What's the next phase of RMS?
1: There is no next phase. (laughs) The only next phase I see is me getting a year older next year. Um,
0: (laughs) I love uh, you. I I love you.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm a realist. I'm saying it as it is. The next phase, uh, what is a phase? It's like, you know, what trendy thing am I going to copy? No. I'm just doing my thing. You know, I I don't really look at what people are doing. If I do, you know, I usually get pissed off. Um, Like, why are they doing that? You know, I, I just, I'm just doing my thing. Oh, you know, we have so many new things coming out. That's that's my phase is just putting out new products.
0: Tell us what's coming out this year. What are some things that you can share right now?
1: Um. Okay, that'll cost you two hundred dollars for me to give you that information. No, I don't care who knows. I'm coming out with a foundation. Um, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for already saying that. I'm coming out with the foundation this is your first. This will be our first real foundation. The uncover right. up kind of is a foundation, but it's like, it's like. You know, it's like it's like whatever you want it to be. This is right. what I call called uncover up. Um, it's concealer. It's a tinted moisturizer. If you use the beauty oil with it, if you want a foundation, you want a heavier foundation. You stick that on, put the powder on top, stick it on again, build up. You got a perfect full face foundation with it. A lot of people don't know that, but I'm actually doing a f- proper foundation.
0: Why was this the right time to do foundation? Um, I had to pressure. You know, I. Industry I,
1: pressure? Trend pressure? Well, no people want a full foundation. They want something bigger that they can, you know, put on their face. So it's coming definitely in a bigger glass jar. Again, in, pla- in plastic. <laughs> Again, in plastic. No, it's not in plastic. It's in a, it's in a, it's in a glass jar. Same with the frosted glass jar. And um, I just wanted to come up with a foundation for people that, that, that was a missing element in my brand is, is, a, is a really good foundation. They're going to get one. What else? Me. What else can you tell us? The luminizers just came out, the powder luminizers. So it's the ease of powder and texture of cream. They're not baked. I hate baked shadows. Baked shadows dry out the skin. They're dry. They're put in the oven for heaven's sakes. My, my ingredients. I got like you know. I got organic hobo oil. I got organic oil from the Amazon jungle, highest oil and vitamin A and beta carotene. You think I'm gonna stick it in an oven? It's gonna come out there. It's gonna cause rents You know. It's goes rancid for one thing when you heat it to those degrees and what happens when you do baked shadows they flake all over and this is another Instagram thing I don't know where it's cool and groovy to have an eyeshadow that that's flaking all over your skin and you got a piece of groovy, t- groovy scotch tape and you're making an Instagram post of how you get all the sparkles off of your face that's not cool and groovy that's a bad product <laughs> you know I, so I've gone back to old pressing like it's a press shadow
0: I'm like fascinated by you. I almost like lost my train of thought because you were saying that. Um, Rosemary, tell us a little bit. I know know what you can share, but how are you guys growing as a company? How are we growing as a company? Just day by day, step by step. Anything you can share in terms of sales, revenue, growth, percentages? Oh, honey.
1: Oh, honey, we're growing. We're growing. And it's very impressive. Let me tell you. You know, we may not be making as much money as, you know, the big huge brands out there. Definitely not. You know, they would look at us like <laughs> But let me tell you something, we're doing more growth than any of those big brands. I can tell you that right now. I already know for a fact.
0: A lot of brands right now, um, feel the pressure. Uh, no, not more
1: growth, I'm sorry. More more percentage growth.
0: More percentage. For a small
1: brand growing percentage growth, yes.
0: Rosemary, you're saying that you are staying in your own lane, that you are experiencing great percentage growth, but a lot of other brands out there, a lot of indie brands, younger brands, are feel a lot of pressure to grow, whether it's through sales or stores or omnichannel. How do you respond to that kind of pressure? Um, well, I think if, if you're responding to
1: pressure to grow, I think you've already got a few things that you have to really worry about, and one of them is your sanity. One is the quality of what you put out. Number two, because you know if you're if you're trying to keep up with you know, the Kardashians. Let's just use that as an example then you're in big trouble because you can't com- compete with the you know the fame and, and the followers that somebody like that has. It'll never happen. It's just that's a fact. And um, I think what happens is a lot of times, when you start taking on investors, is when you have problems with trying to grow because they're going to push, push, push. And so then you start getting better, not better, uh, less quality in your ingredients. You start putting out things you don't really want to put out because you think you have to because the other person did that. And I always go back to the thing, you know, people say, well, why don't you do that? And I said, because for one thing here, one advantage of being old is I don't care anymore. Like, you know, what, I don't have, I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. You know, I don't have anybody really to give my money to. I don't care. I'm just doing my thing. So when you know, if I had children, I needed to give them a big hunk of money for them to survive in this world the way it is going. Um, Then it would be a different story. But I don't. So my money is just going to. Well, I'm not going to say where it's going to. I'll just keep that out of it. But um, um, so I, I don't. I don't feel the pressure because it doesn't matter.
0: How long does it take you to create a product?
1: Oh, that! Oh God, that sometimes a long time. So we've been working also on another uh, product that comes out the very beginning of next year, and that's already taken like a year and a half, but it has an SPF. SPF, we're getting into territory. that falls under pharmaceutical jurisdiction, kind of, you know, where you have to get, you know... All that regulation. The SPF Yeah, it's all... It's, it's regulatory, so you have to. And that takes a long time, plus a lot of testing involved. So that's been already over like a few years.
0: So how do you respond to brands out there that are doing things in 30 days 45 days well i don't think they're really doing them in 30 35 days
1: i think what happens with some of them is they're just going to what they call label free brands where it's already been done and you just put your label on it so that's why they're coming out with a lot of fast stuff and more of a more of a full brand because if you're doing everything step by step and really formulating from scratch it can't be done it can't be done it's gonna take a long time you know, so these people are just going to these companies, and even the green companies now. There's 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 labs that are that have it already made that they've been working on for years, and you just say, "Oh, I have that one. Oh, that's a nice one. I'll change it to this color, and slap
0: the label on, and you got a product." Last question, Rosemary. You have had so much success in the last ten years, and I've seen it for my own eyes. There are a lot of copycats out there. How do you respond to other brands? Indie brands, heritage brands, trying to do what you do, put out products that look just like yours. Oh, wow. Well, there's that old saying, you know, what is it? F- uh, copying
1: is a- Imitation. Imitation is the best form of flattery. Yeah, whatever. Um, I remember at first I used to get really mad. Now I, I don't care anymore if they're going to do that. You know, I just feel sorry that people can't see through it. That's what bothers me more than anything, is people can't see through that. That bothers me. It's like, come on, look at the label. Turn the label around and look at the ingredients. Look at the person's website. Go in in, and look at what, you know, the quality of the ingredients that they're using. Find out how it's processed. Because, you know, like I said, it's back to the cocaine industry. Cheap cocaine, movie star cocaine. And that's what I want people to do. That's what I really want to send the message to people is go look at what it is you're doing or what you're eating or what you're putting on your face. Really look into it. Yeah, if you're going to copy, you're going to copy. People are always going to copy. That's just the way it goes. But uh, it's a compliment to me,
0: I guess. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rosemary. It was great having you today. <laughs> you're welcome. I hope I didn't get too heavy. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Capadona, the producer of this podcast. If you enjoy the Glossy Beauty Podcast and aren't a Glossy Plus subscriber yet, it's time to consider joining to get access to all of Glossy's content, member events, ticket discounts, Slack chats, and more. Head to Glossy.co slash plus and use the code PRIYA25, P-R-I-Y-A 25, for 25% off an annual subscription. Don't forget to subscribe to the Glossy Beauty Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and leave us any feedback you have.